Vidar and Catherine Ligard are the founders of safarimission.org. Vidar Ligard is also the author of A Fork in the Road, a book that gives you life lessons you were not taught in school and that the church did not tell you. And that is what Safari Mission Podcast is all about, teaching practical steps to personal growth and development. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Vidar and Catherine Ligard. Jumbo Jumbo from Nairobi, and welcome back. Today we are talking about biblical principles for economic freedom. You think that's a good one? That's a good one because you know what what I've seen, no matter where you are, people always feel like they don't have enough money. And uh, maybe we never will have enough in our eyes, but we can at least improve, right? We can at least improve. Yeah, that's good. Well, God is a God of freedom. Uh, Christ came to set us free. Mm -hmm. And uh, freedom applies to a whole lot of different areas, but one of them is uh, economic freedom. I want to take us back to Deuteronomy chapter 28. It's the chapter of the blessings and the curses uh, of the covenant. And it says here in verse 8 that the Lord will command a blessing on you in your barns and in all that you undertake. So the Lord will command a blessing on everything that we undertake. As we continue reading the chapter, we find in verse 11 that the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. In verse 12, the Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall only go up and not down if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. It's very, very clear that God wants us to be the head and not the tail. And here it talks about in conjunction with economics, with money. He wants us to be the head uh, financially in a lot of different areas, but that includes uh, financially as well. And uh, I think there's a lot of people that have read this, but in the church world, for some reason, we have so much of this thinking that making too much money is not all that good. Some things like that, that's for sure. And, uh, and some also think that money will just magically fall out of the sky. But when I hear here, when, when you're reading, it says God will prosper what you put your hands to. So prosperity is not just a spiritual blessing that has no natural uh, principles that goes along with it. Uh, it is natural principles that God has put into place. Uh, the law of gravity is, in many ways, it's a natural principle. Whether you believe it or not, it doesn't really matter. It still works for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and some You can work it in a way that you take the benefits of it, or you can work it in a way that uh, you, you hit your head and fall. You know, it's, it's a principle that is there. It can be used well, it can be used poorly, but the principle is still at work in the world. And so it is with a lot of the different economic principles of freedom. They're, they're principles that will work for believers. They're principles that will work for unbelievers as well. But first off, we want to we wanna establish the fact that God really wants us to do well financially. He has included it in the covenant with his people. Mm -hmm. 
But now what we find very interesting is that around the world, and especially in charismatic and Pentecostal circles, the vast majority of believers are actually living below what is normal in the society where they are. And uh, it shouldn't be like that. Um, we were reading after a Jewish rabbi, uh, Rabbi Lapin, and he says this, that there is an underlying issue in the thinking of a lot of evangelical Christians. Mm. And it's the thinking that making money, if, if you make money on a business deal, mm -hmm. somebody else lost the same amount of money. Right. And why is that wrong? Because if I hire a, a, a gardener to take care of, of some property that we have, then there will be an exchange of money at the end of that job. But the transaction is about a whole lot more than just the exchange of money at the end of the job because, yes, the gardener makes money, so it's good for the gardener. I didn't lose the money that I gave to the gardener. No, the gardener did a certain amount of work, which cost that certain amount of money, but the whole entire house value went up by more than what was in the economic exchange. In other words, when you do good work, you're producing value in society, you're actually creating value, you're creating money. Right. And that is, that is a principle that a lot of people don't understand is that an exchange of money is, is a loser and a winner. No, any and every good deal has all parties being winners of the deal. Value is created. It's the same thing if you build a house, you're doing what? You're, you're taking a mountain, you're taking rock, which is not worth anything. But by the time you cut it into blocks, those blocks are worth something. So you have created economic value more or less out of nothing by inserting work into it. And so good business is all, always creating value. God is a creator. God is a restorer. God is a developer. And we are created in his image. He wants us to create. He wants us to restore. He wants us to develop. And when we do that, economic value is created. And this pleases God. Yeah, and I think it's a good point, the illustration you made. You know, what that person brought back in form of, work right so you know if you if, if you're still in the garden whatever is done that brought the value into your life so you paid for value now i think that's a good thing to notice because we do have people and i won't say especially in pentecostal charismatic circle they want to be paid for a job but they don't want to deliver any value and so what you have is that they're sitting around not producing anything of value for their employer, but they still expect to be paid. And that, oh, I've been here so long, I should be paid more. Well, what have you produced in the time you've been here? Have you produced any value? And, and that's the thing, if you don't produce value, why should I return, why should I pay for something you didn't deliver? And, and I think that's something that is very, we have to change our thinking in that area. It's not just showing up at your job. It's what you do when you're at the job that creates value. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. We find a lot of people in the church where, like you say, that they want to sell a product or they want to give a service, mm -hmm. but they want to be way overpaid for the product or service that they're, that they're providing. Yeah. 
whereby you're actually cheating the other party when you do that. Exactly. You're, you're, you're expecting more out of the transaction than what you're putting into it. Exactly. Uh, we bought some furniture here in Nairobi just uh, some while back, and it was sold by uh, Jewish owners. Mm -hmm. Very, very interesting that uh, the amount of that sale, uh, the, the price set mm -hmm. was such that it was, it was very fair, very fair. It, very fair transactions so that value was given for all parties. They would rather have some money than the piece of furniture. And then the person that received the furniture, they would go away feeling, I actually got something of decent value. Mm -hmm. Not not super cheap, but, and also not overly expensive. Exactly. The value was set correctly. It was right on spot. I was amazed to realize this because when I got there, it's like, could have been cheaper? Yeah, but could have been, would someone else try to sell it more? Yeah, it was actually right. So when I purchase it or when we purchase it, we felt good about it. And there was one of the one of the items uh, had a bit of problem. I didn't even ask to reduce the price, but she said, "Okay, because this has a bit of an issue with it, I will reduce the price for you." So she realized that the value of that piece had gone down, and therefore she had to adjust the price. And this is this is good business, and and God loves good business and that's the way i say it i call it good business because there is plenty of bad business oh, yeah. which we need to stay away from mm -hmm. but god is in the business mm -hmm. of blessing good business if yeah. you want to put it like that exactly. uh, there is another example i want to look at it's in, in genesis chapter 26 where <clears throat> isaac is now taking over the father's uh, abraham has passed away isaac is taking over all the responsibility of the father's estate operations business whatever you want to call it and uh, here it's the story where Isaac uh, sowed in the land. It says here, Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him and the man became rich. Now it's very interesting here. A lot of times we hear this a sermon, uh, uh, offering time, an offering sermon uh, at church. And certainly the principles of sowing and reaping are they're universal biblical principles that God established uh, particularly with, with Noah, uh, that he establishes this, and it applies to a lot of different areas. Uh, also, the offering in the church, as long, uh, along with a good number of different other areas. But what's interesting here is that Isaac sowed in that land. What Isaac actually did was he agriculturally sowed mm -hmm. into his farmland. Mm -hmm. he, he didn't give in a church offering. Mm -hmm and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And so really what Isaac here is doing is he's investing into his business. He's going above and beyond. It's, it's a year of famine. It's, it's a year where most people would hold back and try to hold on to what they already have. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the way you go into poverty, uh, holding on to what you already have or just consuming, just spending. I mean, those are the two primary ways that we go into poverty. But here, Isaac is sowing in a land when other, uh, in a land or in a time when other people are restricted, uh, restrictive. But here it says, the Lord blessed him. Why? Because he did something with his business. The Lord is in the business of blessing good business. And it's just one more illustration that shows us this. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I think that, you know, good business, you can also say if, if you work for someone, he, he wants you to do a good job. And that transaction is kind of the same thing. It's like you, you give money because you receive the service. 
And so that's something we need to also think about that you're not just, you know, we have so many Christians running around and all they want to do is pray. Now, prayer is good. And helping we in your pray. we need to pray. Yes. Uh, helping in your church is good. Church needs help, but they refuse to work, and they're wondering why they're poor. If you spend all of your time praying, mm -hmm. and the other all of your time <laughs> volunteering in your church, yes, you're going to be poor. There is there is nobody paying for any of your any of the value that you're producing. And so if, if you have the time and you have the resources to, to sustain yourself, yeah. by all means, find a place to volunteer. But if you're raising a family, you, you have to do something that puts food on the table for your family. And I think we also need to make a point that it's actually good to produce something because guess what? When the church needs finances, it's going to come through people who has worked or who has a business, right? Yes. And if we don't have entrepreneurs if we don't have good workers in our churches guess what the church will become poor because there's no one there to support it so so we need to know that it's good god is in good business god is in good working um and those those are good things and and you know of course we need to create balance in our lives but that's probably a whole nother podcast but you know it's good it's we need to know that it's a good thing so we're not cheating ourselves, we're not cheating our family, we're not cheating our churches. Yeah. So the first principle we're talking about today is that God wants you to be the head and not the tail. Mm -hmm. uh, the second principle we're talking about today is, is serving God and not serving money. Mm -hmm. uh, God talks about you cannot serve God and mammon. Mm -hmm. The Bible is very clear about the pitfalls of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy and, and instructs Timothy to instruct the rich people in those churches to ensure that they are liberal givers. Mm -hmm. uh, in the Corinthian church, Paul admonishes the church that they should excel in this grace also. And that is the grace of giving so that we're not serving money. Yes, God wants us to have economic freedom, but there are other things in life that are more important. God himself is more important. Our families are more important. Walking in the love walk is more important. Uh, church or the institution of church is more important than money. Uh, there needs to be money in order to have a balanced life. Mm -hmm. But money can't be number one in life. Mm -hmm. That's greed. Yeah. And so uh, knowing to be satisfied where we are, even as we grow, <clears throat> That is part of this principle. And so it's it's the principle of really putting God first. Mm -hmm. Yes, and, yeah. and it's just finding that balance where you can have things without things having you. You know, God can prosper you more when you are not there for the money's sake. When, when you put God first, and you may have money, but you're not letting that control you. You're not getting greedy. You're not, doesn't let it go to your head then God can continue blessing you because you are a steward of the money. And that's, that's a very, very important mindset mm -hmm. that whatever we have, we don't own it legally in this world, or we, we own it. Mm -hmm. But in, in God's way of thinking, mm -hmm. it is not for us to own and control and decide to do whatever we want to do with it. 
We are stewards mm -hmm. of the things that God has created. Mm -hmm. And we need to make sure that we allow him to take first place in our lives so that we steward things in accordance with the way he wants. Right. You know, that car that you have, what would happen with you emotionally if God asked you to give away that car? And a lot of people would have issues with that. And that is a very strong indicator of what's most important in life. Mm -hmm. What about the house? What about the various things that we have? We, we thank God for those things. Mm -hmm. But at the same point, we, we are servants of him. Mm -hmm. in, in the military, you know, there are, there are seasons you may enjoy certain rights and certain benefits, but there is also seasons where it's time to go to battle. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You, you don't get to have fried eggs for breakfast along with the bacon if you're in the middle of a battle. Right. In other words, you, there, in the military, there, there, there needs to be a certain willingness to give up certain comforts for a season right. in order that the kingdom can expand. Right. And, and so it is with the things of God as well, that, that he is first. I know a lot of people want to quote uh, from Genesis 13, verse two, that Abraham was very rich in mm -hmm. silver and cattle and in gold. Yes. He was, and rightfully so, that's part of God's blessing him. Yes. But many people don't want to study what he gave up in order to get there. Abraham was a man that followed God. Yep. When God asked him to give up his only son, mm -hmm. Abraham was willing to do it. Yep. When Abraham was asked to leave Ur of the Chaldeans, which was the most advanced city on earth at that particular time, Abraham did it. Again and again, we see Abraham giving up. When the land could not support both Abraham and Lot, Abraham gives up the best part of the mm -hmm. land, gives it to Lot, and Abraham just takes whatever's left over. He is a generous man. When Lot is in trouble, Abraham takes his old uh, employees and rescues Lot and really risks his own life in order to rescue Lot. So he's a very, very generous man. It, he's a proper steward. And that is, if you want the blessing of God mm -hmm. in your finances, mm -hmm. then God must be first in your finances as well. And you know what? Abraham lived in a tent for the rest of his life, and we don't talk about that. We should talk about that. <laughs> it's the truth. You know, yes, he was rich in silver, cattle and gold, but he also lived in a tent. He was still sacrificing where he compared to where he came from. And so, you know, it's it's that part. We need to preach the whole message and not just one isolated uh, part of it because then you get the wrong picture. And so we want to make sure you get the right picture and you can understand what it really takes to prosper, what it really takes to build a big business. It really takes a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. And, and most people don't see that. So they just see people that have money, that have built a successful business. And they're like, oh, I want what they have. Well, you haven't seen the hours they sacrificed. You haven't seen what they have gone through. You haven't seen where they have lived in order to get where they are. And so because you haven't seen that, you have the wrong picture of what it takes to get there. And if you would have done what they did to get there, you could have had the same results. And so that's what we also need to be, you know, reminded and knowledgeable about so that we're not just getting into envy. Oh, this person has more. He should give me some. Do you really know what they've gone through that you were not willing to give, go through or give up? Uh, then if you take the same steps, you can have the same things. That is so very true that uh, the path to economic freedom is actually a simple path. It, it requires some self-discipline, but it's a path that anybody and everybody can go. It's just like hiking a mountain. 
anybody and everybody can do that. It's not that difficult. The problem is a lot of people want the path of least resistance and that puts us at the, at the bottom of the mountain instead. Sure. These people have had much, they have gone through much, they have risen early in the morning, they have sacrificed their TV time, their social media time, they have sacrificed a friends lot of cups time. of teas with, with friends yeah. uh, in order that they can have that economic freedom. And so the, these are principles that we will continue talking about in next episodes and so forth. But for now, we need to establish the basics that, first of all, God truly wants us to be the head mm-hmm. and not the tail. But even as he wants us to prosper economically, it's still economics cannot be the top of our list. God himself must be first. And then we live in a such a way that we steward the things that he has given us and we will be living blessed and abundant lives. Yes. That is true. So I hope that has helped uh, everyone who's listened. God bless you so much. See you next time. Well, that's it for today. Watch out for our next episode with teachings from Vidar and Catherine Ligard. Like, share, and subscribe to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages at Safari Mission. You can also visit our website www.safarimission.org or call us at plus two five four seven four. 1777805 to know more about Safari Mission and how you can get yourself a copy of Vidal Ligard's book A Fork in the Road. <laughs>